Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Ton Bettis with you this morning. We are taking your calls, 801-575-8255. And you can also text us your questions, 57500. Next person in line is Julie, who's in Draper. And Ton, she has an eastern red bud in her front yard that was planted about five years ago. And she noticed that the trunk up where the branch, where it branches out have split. And there appears to be two leader branches. And what is the best way for her to protect the tree? The tree, just the species itself does that. Eastern redbud is, it's one of those trees that you just don't see in the landscape longer than 25 to 30 years because it self-destructs after so many years because of this brittle wood. And so what will happen is you get this gorgeous tree and you lose a limit of time. Mm. Uh, so they they could have an arborist look at it. There is a technique called cabling that they might be able to use. Or at a certain point on the trunk, they could drill in and put a long bolt through with some washers on one end and the other and then bolting it back together. Mm-hmm. And that can help. It still will probably fail at some point. But this is just one of the problems or challenges with red bud you know one's getting them established and once you do once you get them big they kind of self-destruct mm. and so you have to as they're growing use careful pruning to try to give them good branch angles and it's just that it's not often done and so we see this quite frequently in landscapes that they just start to split and fall apart so if they do make sure that they're doing proper pruning practices that would help the tree it would and so if you plant a new one you want to read some fact sheets about pruning and make sure that as it is growing tall the first three or four years you're getting a good foundation for those branches so that they're growing at wider angles so they have more strength to them if you see the redbud has a tendency to have really narrow branch angles. And so you're pruning some of those out and just doing some selecting. And once you get that three to four years done, then the chances of the tree living past that 30-year mark are much greater. Okay, but this tree is only five years old, so they're... There should still There's be some still, hope. Yeah, right? there still still should be some hope. They maybe could upload some pictures to our Facebook page mm-hmm. on the KSL Greenhouse Show Facebook page on the messaging messaging app. 
and see what we can do there if I can look at it. But it's one of those things that they really need to do some training, and that's just the MO for Radbud. Okay. Let's go back to our phone lines. Bob is on the line in Harriman. Good morning, Bob. What is your question? Yes, good morning. I've been meaning to ask this question for many years. I, uh, As I drive around the Wasatch Front, I've seen these big majestic trees with these big uh, green leaves on them, and I've always thought they were wonderful, and I'm told they're sycamores. I've uh, decided I wanted one of those in my property, and so I've gone to nurseries to look, and all I can find, they tell me the sycamores there in the uh, uh, in the nurseries are some kind of London something, and they have this big green uh, seed pods about the size of a golf ball that are prickly, and I uh, don't remember seeing any of the big trees having these seed pods before. Is this the only kind that they have available They're nowadays? They're one it's and the same. London. So London plane tree is also commonly called sycamore. The yeah, Latin name on these is platanus which um, will get you down to the correct genus of the family. So you need to look at that. But I actually, the sycamores have been having a lot of problems over the last 10 or 15 years with plant bugs, scale, anthracnose. And so if I were going to invest in a tree that will get big, I personally, you know, 15 years ago, I absolutely would have used sycamore or London plane tree. Now, London plane tree is called that because it's a hybrid between a Spanish species and American sycamore. And it was grown in London and in Britain during high pollution times. And so I'm not sure where they get plane tree from, but the London portion of it is the hybrid was going grown in London because it tolerated pollution so well. And so it's half American, half European hybrid. And so there is an American sycamore that it, the genetics are in London plane tree. With that being said, I, if you want a tree that big, I would look for a maple tree called sycamore maple to muddy the waters even further. And it's actually a maple, but it's called sycamore maple and it'll get as big and have the longevity in the landscape. And it just so far doesn't have the problems as sycamore. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Bob, for your call this morning. Uh, Tom, the next texter, says that you mentioned November is a good time to overseed. Can you talk more about that? I Yeah, they can overseed. And what will happen is the seed will just germinate in the spring. And so it's cold enough now that the seed knows to overwinter. And when it germinates in the spring, it'll be more sporadically. But mm-hmm. you'll pretty much, especially in grass, the... Um, Snow and rain will drive it down through the thatch a little bit. Then you'll have moisture already there and some frost heaving that kind of buckles the soil a little bit. And so some of that seed will naturally work its way in. And so it in the spring, the germination is a little more sporadic, but it's fine to do. Okay. Uh, Judy is on the line in Mapleton. Good morning, Judy. What is your question? Good morning. I just have a question. I planted canna lilies, and the hard freeze kind of took them by the wayside. I was just wondering if there's any chance I cut them down at the base, if they'll come back again, or if it's just yeah, not really yeah, an option. Yeah, they, they probably will. They What you would do okay. normally, you know, 25, 30 years ago, the recommendation was to dig them and then store uh-huh. them at 55 degrees in 
a you know a cellar or the garage or something but what you can do and they'll generally come back is just cut them back and cover them with three or four inches of uh, compost or mulch so and okay. then in late March early April of next year you'd use a leaf blower or a rake or you know a shrub bed rake to rake that mulch uh-huh. back off and just let them come back as a perennial oh Fabulous. Okay. And then my next question real fast is, is there anything I could do for box elder bugs? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, if, if you have a Mapleton being closer to the mountainside has lots of box elder trees and you would have oh. to scour the city of box elder trees to do much. Now, what you can do are there's a few things on your home if you're getting hundreds of them, there are several pesticides that you can spray that they will uh, avoid so you can kill the initial batch on there. But if others fly in, they'll smell it and then fly off. If you wanted to use mm-hmm. something reduced risk, horticultural soap does a great job, but it only kills the ones that are there. You know, that's something yeah. I did. I mixed some up. And we, for the first year time ever, we were starting to get box elder bugs. And I used horticultural soap once a day for about 10 days to just knock them all off the house because I didn't want to use a pesticide other than that. Because right. of horticultural soap, it, it's not really toxic to humans or pets. Well, tell me what the, the pesticide that you were uh, There's several. 38, 38 plus tempo um let's see those would be the main two 38 plus is going to be a little more available bifin is another one but if you were to go to steve regan or ifa in spanish fork Mm -hmm. or provo um they would have probably all of those all right thank you so much i appreciate you guys all right judy thanks so much for listening and thanks for calling this morning we're going to take a break come back with your questions the number to call 801-575-8255 you can text us at 57500 two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the kabul airport there's desperation and anguish more than eighty thousand afghans have since arrived in america but this story is still unfolding I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Anton with you. You can call us at 801-575-8255 or text us your questions 57500. Next listener, Ton, says they're turning a horse corral into a garden area. They're just wondering what they need to do to prepare the soil so it's not too hot. Test it to get the salinity level so they know what needs to be done. But the only thing they can do is just irrigate. And the theory... Wash it out. Yeah, wash it out. And so you saturate the soil and then just keep saturating it to flush those salts down. And so I would have BYU or USU test their soil for um, the salinity levels and just other nutrient levels to see if there's anything else that needs to be done. And if we get a good winter, a lot of those salts will start to flush away on their own. 
but there are some techniques that USU has fact sheets on how to do it. If you just do an internet search of Utah State University and salty soil, it will bring them up. Okay. Uh, next, next listener says, when would it be too late to spray weeds in the lawn? That's something I was going to hit on today, but mm-hmm. 55 degrees. So today and Monday are going to be days that they can spray, maybe even Tuesday. Uh, you know, the lawn weed killers and glyphosate both will work, but we are getting to the tail end of the season to where they can do it. Okay. Uh, the next listener would like you to talk about planting spring bulbs in containers. Okay. I will say that I've not been very successful at this. <laughs> you need big containers that are deep. And so our biggest mistake is, is, you know, those tulips, some of the bigger ones need to go six inches. And they need another six inches to root down. And so you can't just put them on the bottom of the container. And so those containers will need drainage. If they wanted to plant them now, they could. But I find it easier to get the bulbs and put them in a Tupperware with paper towels on the bottom that may be just slightly moist, not even to the point of a wrung out sponge, but just slightly moist. Put them in the refrigerator for 8 to 12 weeks. Check them once a week, and when they start to see some of the roots pop out the bottom of the bulbs, that's when they'll plant them, and that way they don't have to try to overwinter these in the container. And so you would just leave them in the fridge, then you would plant them up and enjoy them. And then they can put them when it warms up a little bit, because it'll probably be early to Mm mid-February if they put them in the refrigerator. Then they can just leave them in the containers, put them outside sometime in April, and let them grow normally. And when they start to die back, then they can collect those bulbs and plant them somewhere or... You know, if if they want to, they can just use them as a long-term flower display and compost them. Yeah, I think what I did wrong is I didn't water them through the winter and they didn't get enough water. Yeah, and so the easier thing is just to get their cold period in in the refrigerator with slightly moist paper towels and then plant them when you start to see some of the roots pop out. Okay, let's try to get to Cassie here who is in Kaysville. Good morning, Cassie. What was your question? question is really weird. I'm sorry. Um, I have this little pot. It's a clay pot. It's about eight inches tall and about 14 inches in diameter. I have a little fairy garden in it during the summer, and it sat out on a a tree stump. Well, I brought it in because I didn't want it to freeze. Guess what I have in the house? I have a ton of potato bugs. Mm. How can I get rid of the potato bugs? Sticky traps might be the easiest thing to do. (laughs) I love it. Do you think I'm going to have to um, repot the whole thing? Well, that's one of the dangers of bringing plants in. Unfortunately, it's I bring only, them into the garage and I put yeah, them in the window of my garage. It's only potato bugs. You know, if it were aphids or spider mites. Potato bugs aren't so bad. Yeah, and they got on well, your other plants. Not, but they crawl out all over. Now, I have a granddaughter that loves potato bags, so maybe I'll just have her come up and collect Entertainment. them. Entertainment. Well, I, yeah. those sticky traps will get them, but you're going to have to keep them away from your granddaughter because the other unknown or at least less known use, use of those sticky traps is that they're great. You can use them almost like waxing your hair on your legs and just <laughs> they'll, they'll do that. But it looks like we're getting pretty close to a break coming up, but I would, there okay. may be some 
um, herbs, not herbicides, but some insecticides or pesticides you could try. But just to keep them out of the house and away from your grandkids, I would try the sticky traps and see okay. if you can trap them with that. All right. We need to break for the top of the hour okay. news Thank and we'll have you. more coming up on the KSL Greenhouse Show. Thank you for your call. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.